0: This is Women's Tech Radio, a show on the Jupiter Broadcasting
1: Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their roles and how they're successful in technology careers. I'm Paige. And I'm Angela. So Angela, today we speak with my friend Jen, who is a developer at Esri. Um, She works on a wide variety of awesome technology. So we get into talking a little bit about that and uh, about her career and how she uh, kind of Took a leap and headed out to san francisco and lived out of a youth hostel and all the crazy other things that she got into and now how she's influencing the community of women in portland
0: and before we get into the interview you can go to patreon.com forward slash today to support women's tech radio it is a monthly donation that on comes out it could be three dollars it could be five whatever you can afford whatever you think that this content is worth really it's it's up to you we are uh, community funded this show is and if you find value in the show, you can go over there to patreon.com forward slash today to support Women's Tech Radio. And our first
1: question today was to ask Jen what she's up to at Esri. Hey,
2: guys, I am a Engineer at Esri, Portland R&D office, and what I've been doing lately is working on an iOS SDK for our um, location-enabled software, and um, occasionally I do things like Ruby, and every once in a while, some Go, but right now I'm doing a lot of iOS stuff.
1: So... Do you enjoy it? Is, have you found, um, oh, are you in Swift? What Are you still in uh, Objective-C?
2: Yeah, we're still in Objective-C because we're doing the next iteration of an existing SDK. But um, hopefully, eventually, we will move to Swift. I haven't actually gotten a chance to work in Swift yet, so that would be cool.
1: I definitely recommend playing around with the Playground that they published. It's very fun. Yeah. It it definitely, I think they did a good job of answering a lot of those gotchas that we have from Mm. Objective C, which is neat. Nice. So, uh, so you work in a kind of a wide range of technology there. You've got some mobile, some web, Mm -hmm. some like really close to the metal stuff with Go. What's your favorite?
2: Um, I guess I would say probably Ruby because I don't know. It's just so. I think it's so expressive compared to languages. Well, I guess Objective C, you know, isn't going to be around for never but it is a bit clunky to write in and that is occasionally kind of frustrating but yeah i don't know i guess i would say that in my career i've i've used ruby the longest so that's probably my favorite
1: if you when you say expressive for people who aren't super familiar either with ruby or with programming what do you mean by that
2: um i guess i mean that you can kind of massage the language to sort of Both say like what you want to say in a variety of different fashions, like how in a sentence you can say the boy jumped over a log or over the log jumped a boy or, you know, in a a bunch in a bunch of different varieties. And you have some flexibility. And also, I think that Ruby is just I enjoy its terseness and its readability. Yeah, it's readability. And you don't have to write a ton of code to say something that you're going to have to say all the time.
1: Can I just ask why other modern languages don't have the each function? Like, it just boggles my mind.
2: Yeah, it's so nice, isn't
1: it? It is very nice, very nice. So that was a super inside developer joke that Angela is totally outclued on. Shoulder shrug. That's (laughs) OK. Very cool. So so you do a lot of development in your day-to-day. What does your tool stack look like? What what kind of tools are you using on a daily basis? Obviously, probably Xcode.
2: Yes, definitely Xcode. I use uh, Tmux a lot in Terminal. Yeah. I would say those are my two main things.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I have, uh, meet a lot of young ladies or women who are getting into technology because I teach um, an intro to JavaScript course and one of the things that people are the most scared about is the terminal. Hmm. What do you think I could say to people to get them through that? Like, because I'm a I'm a Tmux Vimmer. Like, I spend the entire day mm-hmm. in the terminal. But.
2: Yeah. I don't know. It's a... That's an interesting question. It's a it's hard for me to like wrap my brain around that because it's just like where I live all the time, you know. Yes. Yeah, like, what would, what would it be like to breathe underwater? <laughs>
0: um,
1: <laughs> well, um, as a fish, I would like to tell you it's like breathing.
2: <laughs> yeah, just tell them that it's like breathing, and don't elaborate at all. Just be like, it's like breathing.
1: <laughs> is so? Is a uh, is terminal or really any of this? Is this something you taught yourself? Do you have a degree? I actually don't know any of your story on mm. this.
2: Actually, I don't have a degree. When I was growing up in New Jersey, I went to Rutgers University in New Jersey, and uh, I studied there more or less, I guess you could call it studying, for a year. And then it was the height, well, not the height, the beginning-ish of the dot-com first dot-com boom in, like, 1998. And I was like, I want to go out and be a part of that. So I moved to San Francisco and I lived in a youth hostel for six months, but then I eventually got a job at a startup and I just kind of like was in the right place at the right time. And they're like, hey, you're smart and plucky. Why don't mm-hmm. you be a developer? And I was
1: like, all right. Plucky is an amazingly good it way is. to describe I you, actually. That. I love
0: that word. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's great. Yeah. Um, So, you just kind of dove in at the startup level. What was that like? Like, um, especially, you know, we're, as we've talked about on the show before, like, we're kind of in a minority in tech. And I know definitely at that point in history, like, like, how did that all go for you?
2: Yeah. It was amazing. It was like, it was such a heady time. And like, people are just crazy about technology. I worked like 80 hour weeks and slept under my desk. And I just wanted to learn everything that there was to learn about software development. And it was just so fun. And uh, I was definitely in a huge minority as a woman. But um, I don't know, I guess, you know, I was very naive about that being 19 years old, but mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun.
1: What were you doing at the fir- at first um, 98? I don't even know what language that would have been.
2: Yeah, I first started out being a front end developer. And I was doing like, I worked at this e-marketing company. And so we got these HTML templates from these corporations that we we're doing newsletters for. And so we had to convert the HTML into XML and use our proprietary tags in there for the different offers and you know links that people click on to track them. And so I found that very boring. So I decided to learn how to program so I could
1: automate my job away. Nice. That is exactly how I got into <laughs> real programming. <laughs> I was like, this is boring. A computer should do this. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. And so I first the first language that I learned was Perl because it was good at text manipulation. I think somebody just said, you should use Perl. And I was like, all right, I'll learn that. And that was kind of how it all started. Perl
1: hmm. is exactly the reason that I took a 10-year hiatus from learning programming. Oh, really? Yep. I was I was in high school, and I had gotten super into HTML and CSS and building web pages, and this was before JavaScript was really a thing. And I was like, I, I kind of want to learn some stuff. And my friend was like, you should learn CGI Pearl. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that sounds cool. And he's like, yeah, get the llama book, which is the O'Reilly book, which made mm-hmm. the O'Reilly books famous, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I kind of got through the first chapter and was ready to like throw it out the window because <laughs> you know they, got, they dove right into what people call yeah. Pearl Golf, which is the fact that with Pearl, you can write very, very complex functions in 20 characters or less. And, um, and it was just super intimidating, and I didn't understand any of it. And I was like, well, I will do kind of designy things maybe for a little while. And so I did HTML and CSS just for funsies for years because Perl had, like,
0: blown me out of the water. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: How did you learn Perl? Did you take a course? Did you find somebody that knew it that could teach you? Did you just Google it?
2: Um, yeah, I actually, uh, I, well, Google was kind of probably wouldn't have been very helpful at that time.
0: yeah. Yeah, I realized but that I as soon did. as I said it.
1: <laughs> you could Yahoo it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I yahooed it. Or no, dogpile. Do I you got, remember
1: Dogpile? Ask Jeeves. Ooh, even better. Anyway, go ahead.
2: So I just read I read Learning Pearl. That's and I was just like it it was a huge slog to get through it. And that kind of what Paige just said reminded me of how hard it was to learn programming when I didn't know how to do it. You know, now I read a book and it's like, oh, how is this different from everything else I know? You right? How is this new language different? But when I was first learning it, it was just—it was really hard. Mm-hmm. But I was just, you know, really motivated to not do this boring work anymore because, <laughs> and I thought it was really fun, even though it was—it was challenging to wrap my brain around. But it was just reading a book and trying stuff out.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a different era. Um, so since then. You've learned several other languages. Like, what does your career look like from there to there? Because I know you're not even in the same city anymore. And I do some of the
2: same stuff. Like, I mean, it takes a lot less time to do stuff. And I work on a larger team and on products rather than, yeah, service work. Um, But I live in Portland now. And... Yeah, I guess I've moved around a bunch since then. I lived in New York for a while and back to San Francisco, and now I've been in Portland about five years.
1: Crazy. Um, Okay, so 98, you've been doing tech for 17 years? Oh my God, don't say that out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but this brings up a really pertinent, important question. Like, that's a long time, especially as a woman, to be in this field. You know, we know we're kind of Mm. suffering this mass exodus of women from the tech field and have been for several years. How, how, did, how have you stayed fresh? How have you stayed mm-hmm. in it? Because almost every time I see you, you're super excited about things in tech or at least about women in tech. Um, mm-hmm. Like what, is, what has kept you from burning out from from just saying, screw it and walking out the door?
2: That is a good question. I, uh, I have nearly said screw it and walked out the door many times, definitely. Um, and it has been a challenge to stay in the field. And I think that, you know, the longer that I have stuck around, the more that problems, which at the beginning I thought were because I was young and and inexperienced, continue to linger. And now I can't really attribute them to, like, reasonable reasons. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it it is definitely a challenge to stick around. But I really get a lot out of doing volunteer work and working with women in tech stuff and you know, getting other women on board and uh, trying to change the environment, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you do you work with many other women? Um, I work with
2: uh, one other female developer actually, and there are not many in this. Well, not in. I don't know about Esri at large, which is about three thousand people, but in the Portland office, there are not many developers, and two of us are women.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's not terrible, I guess. Mm-hmm. So you said you do volunteering. I happen to know that you, uh, my understanding is that you are the lead or the director for Lesbians Who Tech in Portland? Yeah, I am. What What is that organization about?
2: Well, we are mostly about like creating a community for queer women and our allies in technology and just sort of like um, getting people together and seeing what comes of it. It's the primary le- Primarily like a a social organization compared to some of the other ones in town that are more workshop based. But I don't know, I really I really enjoy like seeing people become friends and like, you know, just get together and they're chatting about their jobs or their lives or, you know, what have you. And it's pretty rad. Mm
1: -hmm. I think that connecting in your in your professional space is is super valuable on any level, Uh, be it with, Mm -hmm. you know, people who identify the same way as you do or be it just with peers in your group um super important i actually get a lot of value i have attended a, a, one or two of your events i don't know yeah i'm fairly busy mm-hmm. but i found them very um edifying i think is the right word for cool. that you wanted to eat them no uh i know well, i just i Although don't know i did eat at the meetup <laughs> i could yeah, also yeah also had some excellent cider Mm. How, and I actually I've kind of been struggling personally lately um with the burnout on that side too where I'm I'm so passionate mm-hmm. about women's issues in the tech sphere that I'm I'm o- overextending like how do you how do you rein that in carefully because I know that you're involved in yeah. many of the same things that I'm involved in and in fact you even do more than I do uh frequently
2: um I don't know about that but yeah that is definitely a balance challenge I guess a lucky thing for me is that I often get to work on a little bit of volunteer stuff at Esri as part of like our outreach. So that kind of cuts a few hours out of the total number of hours that it takes to do stuff. But, um, it definitely, I don't know, it's a labor of love and it can be a bit exhausting, but I find that people are, once you reach out to them for help, everyone, not everyone, but many people are, are more than willing to, um, Carry some of the burden and to give you ideas and to help out. So I find that relying on others is definitely a help.
1: Yeah, I've definitely I can definitely agree with that lately. I've had a couple times where I've just had to say, hey, you know, can somebody cover this meetup for me or can somebody help me with mm. this task? And I was kind of surprised, uh, pleasantly so, that so many mm-hmm. people were willing to step up and, and help shoulder the load.
0: So how many people t- typically come to the lesbians who Tech meetup?
2: Um, we usually get around 20 people for kind of like the more happy hour type of stuff. Um, for our next event, hopefully we'll get a bunch more because our head honcho, Leanne Pittsburgh, will be in town. And oh. uh, our numbers have been growing a lot since we got started mm-hmm. in January. Is there a website, an easy website for that? Oh, yeah. There is, well, there is org, which is the main website and also, we have a Facebook group, Lesbians Who Tech Portland, and we also have a meetup group, Lesbians Who Tech PDX.
1: That'd be great. I, I mean, I, I just want to be involved in all the cool community things that are happening because there's there's yeah. so much happening. And, you know, uh, you and I have actually talked about this uh, some at length, but I think there are so many women's movements. And I feel like if we could find the space and the time to kind of come together, like we could change everything, just mm-hmm. everything. And I love that in Portland, we're actually kind of doing that. We have an upcoming meetup where all of the women's groups, bi-yearly, thanks to Jennifer, actually, who started this, um, there's uh, kind of this group. We all get together. It's just a happy hour. But our last uh, one, we had 150 women show up, too. That's fantastic. Yeah, which is great. I did figure out my question, though. How do you feel, especially as a senior developer at this point, like you've definitely been in the industry a good long while, um, about mentorship? Uh, It's a question that gets asked of me a lot, Mm. both about uh, finding a mentor, being a mentor. Like, do you feel like there's a clear path for that? I feel like it's kind of a a valuable role in bringing junior developers up to speed, but it seems to be very Mm. hard to connect somehow.
2: Yeah, I think that it is a bit murky as it currently stands, kind of like, I know that, uh, at the meetups that I have and, and stuff like that, I definitely do, I think, a lot of sort of informal mentorship because people will, you know, ask me questions about my job or my career and stuff and, and you know, tell me their woes. And so in that way, we kind of connect. But I haven't had any formal mentorship situations yet. So yeah, I, I think there's definitely a space for that because... It's something that everyone seems to want, but no one really seems to know how to go about doing that.
1: Uh, it, it seems like, and I wonder if this is kind of reflective of some of the other issues that we have um, specifically, and, and this is not exclusive to the women developer community. I also see this with male developers, but I can speak more personally to the women, obviously, and I, I find that the imposter syndrome is so strong mm. that people are yeah. not willing to step out and say, yes, I'm someone who could mentor someone under me
2: interesting that is a good
1: point yeah and and it's definitely something that has it's really pushed me lately and I'm I am trying to um I'm working out of a boot camp right now and there's one of the students there has definitely decided that I'm essentially gonna be her mentor which and and it's been wonderful like she comes to me we talk about yeah. where she is in her journey like why she's having trouble with different things and um, like we got to have the long talk about like breadth and depth of like why you know you should learn more of one language before you learn lots of languages Mm. stuff like that and then you know kind of advising her where she's like you know i really really was struggling with python and django but as soon as i picked up ruby and rails like it just was like light bulbs went off and i'm like you know if Mm. that's what lights your fire even though we've had this other discussion like go down that path like and i can help you with that and um Mm -hmm. and i still feel you know many days like a junior developer but there's still someone under me who knows less
0: hi <laughs> That's me.
1: Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna have some. Episodes. She's gonna be my mentor. We're gonna have some episodes where we teach awesome. Angela some stuff. So yeah, oh nice, nice. It'll be fun. Yeah, so I would encourage you or anyone else to to step yeah. out and um, you know, at least and it doesn't have to be a formal relationship. I think uh, I think we're also scared of that because everybody mm-hmm. in the modern world is so busy in our time. Right. Our yeah. time is so precious. We pack our
0: schedules and yeah, but you can always fit in an email here or a message there and,
1: yeah, or yeah. just coffee or mm-hmm. you know chat yeah. while you're driving or whatever or meetups yeah, or meetups
0: you're already dedicated to be there
1: yes yeah um, when I'm not leading it's helpful yeah but, you know um, and do lightning talks everybody everybody should do lightning talks
2: mm. yeah Ugh, I need to like get over some public speaking
1: fear ah. stuff. Well, you should come. Um, there's a new event happening in Portland. Um, it's called Navigate IT, if anybody's in Portland and wants to mm. check it out. it's uh, We're specifically trying to help with career skills as opposed to like coding skills. Oh, so sweet. like, uh, we did a, an awesome uh, workshop on imposter syndrome. And I think the next one, it's, it's up, and we'll get the link in the show notes, but I, I think one of the next ones is specifically public speaking.
2: Cool. That would be awesome. Yeah, we did actually did one of those for lesbians who tech for our last meetup. It was really good. I think everyone. I had uh, Kristen Gallagher, who is the founder of Edify Edu, and um, she, you know, her from the the ActW organizing team. But she is. She gave a talk at the ActW conference about um, doing, you know, talks and and speaking in front of people. So I had her come and give everyone who gave a lightning talk some pointers and advice on you know what to try and how to improve their talks and it was really good it was very well received and i think
1: awesome also if you're scared to even step out and do your first one if you google how to give a ted talk there is a great ted talk about how to give hmm. ted talks nice. wow <laughs> and uh, i got a lot out of that i uh, was very informative
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Women's Tech Radio. Don't forget that we are on social networks, as it turns out. We are on Twitter, at HeyWTR. You can email us, WTR at JupiterBroadcasting.com. We are on, well, JupiterBroadcasting.com. You can look at the back catalog of shows. And we're on YouTube on the Jupiter Broadcasting channel.
1: You can also find us on iTunes, where if you've got a minute, you can leave a review. Let us know how we're doing with the show. If you want to get in touch, you can use the contact form on JupiterBroadcasting.com, selecting Women's Tech Radio from the drop-down. Or you can email us at WTR at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Thanks so much for listening.